and everyday life meet. We are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are sponsored by the Comenius Institute. At the Comenius Institute, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is into the college uh, scene. Uh, We work at the campus of IUPUI, and we are really happy to be there talking with Christian young people about the issues that uh, surround them concerning their academic studies, we're really excited about the opportunities that we have there. In fact, we had dinner the other night with four of these young people, wonderful, wonderful folks who are doing great, great work, grateful for their, uh, the opportunity to sit and talk with them uh, on, on Tuesday night. And then uh, we crossed the second bridge into communities, which is what this radio show is all about. Uh, this radio show is linking cultures. We are connecting people around Indianapolis and specifically uh, inviting Christians uh, to our platform who are doing good based on Titus chapter 3. This is really important to us. Uh, We believe that this is uh, uh, something that is lost in our culture, that we actually uh, want to promote uh, what people are doing that are doing good things. So we come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and we do that uh, specific process of linking communities and cultures around Indianapolis through the Christian uh, view of life and things. And then uh, we cross the third bridge, uh, which is the bridge into culture. If you're at all interested in anything as it relates to a Christian view of life and things, please uh, consider uh, reading some of the things that I've written at warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Or go to our website, cominiusinstitute.org or .com, and you can find all kinds of essays there. We have about 400, I'm sorry, 600 essays, uh, many, many hundreds of videos, podcasts, sermons. In fact, I think I counted up the other day that I'm up to about a thousand, uh, a thousand uh, references here through video podcast, uh, hearing, visual, verbal, all of those kinds of things. So, anything that you want to hear about the current culture, the things that we're inter- interested in and invested in, uh, do uh, connect to uh, what we're doing uh, here at Comenius. In fact, this morning, uh, this is a really great opportunity to actually uh, practice what we preach about crossing uh, bridges into culture. And in this particular case, we're actually uh, interested in the concept of politics. Now, this is a very divisive issue. And one of the things that we constantly struggle with, I think, in this culture is that we've divided ourselves in so many different directions. And so the problem, of course, for us is not that we, are, uh, that we have our own viewpoints or that we sustain them through a biblical view, but that, honestly, we are so antagonistic and combative with each other that this is the real issue for us, and we, we really, truly do struggle uh, with the whole process. And so in this particular case, what Dr. Clyde Posley and I wanted to do was uh, sit down uh, next to each other and actually have uh, a discussion Uh, with each other, where we would uh, be invested in the process of talking uh, with each other, those of us who have different viewpoints, uh, and the different viewpoints uh, sometimes that come across contentiously, uh, we wanted to actually uh, show people, demonstrate uh, through this particular program that you can actually have a civil discourse uh, with folks. And uh, we're we're here to show that this morning, Dr. Clyde. And we're going to take this show on the road. Oh, all right, man. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. All right. We're looking forward to that. And the opportunities, really, that uh, confront us in this culture 
and specifically in the area of uh, the Christian view of life and things, we're very, very concerned about this. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, Dr. Clyde, that, w that we're confronting here, I mean, just to begin, for those people who maybe are seeing us for the first time, you know, <laughs> this might be a shock to some people that there's a white guy and a black guy sitting right. next to each other actually right. with smiles on their faces. Right. And, and, we, and we're this way off camera as well. <laughs> That's right. We're not putting on a show. That's right. We actually do the bro hug pretty good. Absolutely. All, all those good He's got things. the handshake down. He's got down the handshake down. That's all right. those good things. <laughs> that stuff just tinkles me, man. I, I just chuckle about that stuff. Well, uh, Dr. Clyde, uh, we're always happy to have you here. Why don't you tell folks just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're coming from, your pastorate, and so on. Well, I am, the I am uh, for, for our, our veteran listeners, you know, but for those who may be tuning in for the first time, Dr. Clyde Posley, Jr., I'm the pastor of the Antioch Baptist Church, and coming up soon, I'll be celebrating my 20th anniversary there at that church. Mm. Um, I was uh, a full-time youth pastor at the Little Bethel Baptist Church before then. So um, I finished my, I did my doctoral work at Union Institute and in, in, uh, in in University at Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, there on it's headquartered there on McMillan Street, and the campus sits on the University of Cincinnati. Um, my degree is an, is an interdisciplinary degree, humanities, cultural studies, and Martin Luther King scholarships and scholarship and narratives. So um, I, I'm, I'm what they... What some what some would call a social scientist or, or, mm. or, or a political theorist, mm -hmm. along with be, with being a pastor. Mm. So. It's a it's a marvelous uh, CV that you bring here this morning to all of this. this I'm is working a good on thing. one. Yeah. I'm working on one. I'm trying I'm trying to get one that, that somehow nips at the heels of yours. Oh <laughs> the, the, my! The, the well, six, the six page one you have. Oh my <laughs> word! So. This is the way it usually is with us folks. Uh, we're we're generally um, and, and not generally always uh, very generous and kind with each other. And uh, honestly, we we really wanted to demonstrate that uh, in the area of politics here today. And so uh, let's just kind of just jump right into this. And like we always do in our first hour when we have guests, let's do that in our first hour here this morning. And let's begin with um, our discussion with a biblical vantage point. So. Um, if we're going to talk about a biblical view of politics, uh, from your vantage point, uh, Dr. Clyde, where where do we, you think we should begin? The, the, the scripture. <laughs> okay. The, the, the scripture. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, one of the first things my father in the ministry, Dr. A.L. Cain, taught me uh, as, a, as a Christian preacher uh, was that um, don't ever let anybody tell you that there there's no uh, connection or intersectionality between politics and uh, Christianity, because mm. there should be mm. that 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 the Bible should shape all of your views, yes, not just some, yes. And so, uh, that, that for me, and and I know you you probably say something very similar, if not the same thing, when when, when it's balls in your court, but but for me, there is no politic political approach to anything that that is not rooted in Scripture for me. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So uh, you're listening to two men this morning, uh, a black man and a white man. Both of us have PhDs. Our PhDs in, are in social science research. And uh, we are generally uh, concerned about communicating in a way that uh, sustains a Christian view of life and things. And so I think in one of our shows, whether it was last uh, couple weeks ago, I can't remember when, we talked about standing on the word and then also standing under the word. So right. we stand under the authority of scripture as well as we stand on it right. to give us foundation for our beliefs. 
This, I think, is a, a real crucial concern. So let's just identify some of the, the baseline ideas, and we can kind of walk through some of these, come back again over them. I mean, we've got two hours to do this. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I think it's important to understand is that as Christian thinkers, Hebraic Christian thinkers, we begin with a political philosophy that comes out of Genesis. Right. And so the very first thing that we see uh, that's been given to us to do is that we are to rule and subdue, and in Hebrew those words mean to manage and conserve. Right. So how do we think about these things, this general concept, from a Christian vantage point, and then apply it in the 21st century? Well, we, we, we do just as we, have, as, as we have started. We make sure that we commit to the authenticity of Scripture and the authority of Scripture before we start the approach. Before I say this to believers, uh, when, when they come to Christ, you know, you, you're not, you're not going to be able to embrace the Bible until you decide that it, the Bible is true mm. from cover to cover, mm -hmm. that you're not looking for, that you have uh, spending trivial pursuits looking for places where the Bible, you think, contradicts mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. That's going to tie you up. The Bible is true. You will learn the anthropology and how to understand the linguistics of the Bible later on. Mm. But you need to decide in the entry-level Christianity that the Bible is, is the God's policy for the mm. earth and how he carries it out. That's the first thing that needs to be done. Mm. Uh, but, but moving forward, um, uh, and that might, be, that might be my whole answer because okay. when, when God tells us in, in Genesis uh, to subdue the earth, mm. uh, he's telling us that uh, he expects us to, to use this earth to, to it's out, it, it, he carry, it carries with it the notion that he has provided in the earth everything we need there it is. Yep. to function. Right. And so what our job is to, through our relationship with him, mm -hmm. uh, siphon the earth, mm. drain the earth. And I don't mean in a negative way, right. but to use the resources, yes. whether it be coal or gold mm -hmm. or water, yep. air, right. uh, uh, photos, the, the photosynthesis process, mm -hmm. you know, but, but to use it. And if you if you if you walk with me and trust me and obey uh, what I teach you, uh, then you'll be able. To, the Earth has everything. You won't have to go. You won't have to go to Mars mm -hmm. to find what we need. One of the things that strikes me about your response to that is that you know you coupled and linked well the the biblical authority with the creational authority. Mm -hmm. So we do not come to this uh, discussion or any discussion for that matter outside of of a creational authority. And what I mean by that is that. The creation uh, speaks to us its own truth that has been embedded, and I want to emphasize that word, this truth has been embedded by God himself in his world so that now we have his word to properly understand his world, right. but still the world is beneficial to us. Right. And the fact that it's utilized properly to conserve and manage means that we have to take care of it properly. Uh, so we're not anti-environmentalists, of right. course. Uh, right. We are actually procreationists. In fact, if anybody should be procreationists, it should be folks like us. Right. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King, one of the, there's, and I can't, the often slips my mind right now, but, uh, uh, and, and uh, when King's bust or the statue was made and placed in Washington, mm. And I'll find that article when we get on, we're going to break. I'll find the author. But the author said that King, who was a liberal, may have been our, uh, one of our country's greatest conservatives. Mm. And, <laughs> and this author's notion was, was because in his moral authority, in, in his quest to keep America moral, 
he fought against extreme ideologies mm-hmm. that would go against uh, America uh, uh, in liberal thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I, I say all that to say, yes, we, we the environment is ours. The, 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 the polar caps, uh, you know, how we get rid of the seas, how we, the danger of how we get potentially and how we get rid of uh, computer waste. Mm. Now, those things, we do have to consider, but, but we don't have to be extremist mm. to where we, we, we let these crazy, way fringe ideas yes. dictate who we are. So we have a so we have to somehow ma- manage and balance. Our authority and, resp- mm. and stewardship of the earth yes. against extreme ideologies, yes. but also against extreme complacency. Oh, Somewhere yeah. there is a necessary balance that we need to find. Right. Yeah. So we can't uh, have anarchy, but we can't have complacency either. E- exactly. Exactly. This is uh, Warp and Woof Radio you're listening to here. If you're listening on the radio dial, some of my friends this morning were asking, how can they listen in their cars? And so... Uh, you can find all of the linkage that you need at the, our Facebook page, on my Facebook page, and my. Dr. Clyde's Facebook page. Uh, but we're going to take a one-song break, and when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into the issue of political concerns. We've, we first of all tried to establish uh, the baseline of where we're coming from. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is our supreme, ultimate authority, and we abide by its principles. But when we come back, we will get to the issues of politics uh, very specifically, uh, sometimes in general principles. But one song, and we'll be right back. We are back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Really happy to be with you here. We are actually at 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center here in the urban core of Indianapolis. And, oh, by the way, if you want to have lunch with us, just come on down because Burger King's right across the street, too. And they have good salads over there. Put some grilled chicken on it, and we'll have a good time chatting. We are back talking about politics here, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Echo. And uh, in our first segment, we talked about the issue of biblical authority and the necessity of that. And off air, we were discussing uh, the issue of immutability. Uh, Dr. Clyde, why don't you kind of summarize that for us, and then we'll get into how that applies to our discussion here. Yeah, one of the things, you know, as, as we were discussing immutability just in, in our time together, but also on the show, it is so valuable to society that the immutability of God in that he he does not change, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the scripture says it in Malachi chapter three verse six that he doesn't change, but also in the book of Hebrews that it, uh, relative to Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's also Alpha and Omega. That's important because in a world that whose flesh is trying to get it to function only existentially, mm. we need an essential God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been argued that God is both existential and essential. Well, we can argue that if we want. But what I do know is that there is, in, in, in essentialism, is the, is the centerpiece of form and and lack of lack of uh, no shift, mm-hmm. original design. Yes, because God stays God. It is to, it is to man's benefit, because if our God shifted like our opinions based on the atmosphere that we were in, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have an authority to guide us out of painful atmospheres. Yes, that's right. So when we talk about the immutability of Scripture as it relates to uh, the political sphere, we have to say, uh, I think at the, at the outset, uh, 
that we are operating from certain biblical principles. So we started one, for instance, in the first segment when we talked about creational law coming out of Genesis mm -hmm. chapter 1 and verse 28. We have been given a mandate pre-fall, that is ahead of sin from Genesis 3, to think differently. Now, of course, we know that because of sin, everything's messed up ever mm -hmm. since Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't remove the responsibility and the obligation from us to actually obey those initial commands right. and our responsibility to see if it's not possible to restore or regenerate them. Indeed, uh, Second Testament teaching, Second Corinthians 5, tells us that we are ambassadors of reconciliation, and I don't think that there's any bracket on that. I mean, right. we, generally, we, we have been given the all word there, that we are right. ambassadors of all things. Right. And so we literally have to buy back or restore a political view from a Christian vantage point that is essential to us, I think, and uh, this is a general truth that we're right. talking about here. Right, and, and, and we'll talk about this sort of thing even further. But 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 boundaries, why boundaries are important. Mm. You, you mentioned Second Corinthians 5, that we are ambassadors of Christ. Paul goes on this, be ye reconciled to God, and we are, it is our job to go about reconciling. It's important that as we approach political conversations, that boundaries, and, and I want everyone to hear that when we talk about boundaries, we're talking about the biblical uh, parameters that we have chosen to set. And those, and those biblical parameters are what scripture teaches about this mm -hmm. systematically. Mm -hmm. So as Dr. Echo, for example, just said, we are... Uh, uh, Reconcilers, we, we, our job is reconciliation to the whole world. We can't get outside. So then, in our political approach, as Christians now, in our political approach, whatever the approach, we we are saying we we we're not going to get outside anything we're doing that's outside of reconciliation. We can't we can't do right. We can't embrace because we've already set the boundaries mm -hmm. that if it does if it, if it and if it doesn't help us reconcile, we it, we're breaking our own rules. There's going to be some people who are listening to this, watching uh, this, or watching later on, who will say, well, you know, why don't, we're going to get to the definition of terms here, but why don't right, you all, right. uh, you know, kind of yell at each other, or get really upset with each other, or why isn't that happening? And because we're trying to set a different precedent for people to think differently about politics. We're going to be honest. We're going to be straightforward. We're not always going to agree, and right. most of the time our, our disagreement has to do with approach and method more than it does principle. And we've because, talked about that too. <laughs> yes, because principally we right. generally agree about That's, things. Exactly. You know, let's just give some examples to everybody so they know what we're talking about. We believe, for instance, that injustice, and the necessity of justice means that justice is impossible if it's left to just us. So we believe in an external source of justice. Right. We also believe in checks and balances. Uh, that's essential to our Constitution in America, for instance. But checks and balances, why do we need that? Because we're sinners. Exactly. So if we're sinners, then we need different authority structures right. around us that's that right. give us parameters or boundaries, exactly. as you well say, that we, we need. We are a nation who has, whose Constitution says that we are one nation, but we are under God. Yes. And so any efforts that we make, whether it be uh, the, within the, the confines of the Constitution or our expression of that, we cannot we cannot get outside into thinking what's best for me, what I feel. Right. If I'm going to stick with a constitution that says it's under God, that makes mm -hmm. it Christian. Yes. And so we're, we're under God. We we don't want to leave ourselves to ourselves because we don't know what's best for ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
God has to tell us that. This is the struggle, I think. Uh, you mentioned the issue of emotion here. Uh, I think we live in a culture of emotive, combative, uh, generally, right. discourse. Yes, and I, I, I don't know that that is even discourse. People are just lobbing memes and, 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 and awful things uh, to each other, and that's really a sadness. So let's... Uh, let's Fear. Yeah, let's let's talk about what is it we've given a couple of examples of what we believe in principally. Let's talk about problems that we see that are divisive and dividing us in this whole discussion of politics. So let's pick up on the concept of fear. Um, where where do we start? <laughs> where um, do we start? The, um, it, it, t today, um, from um, a liberal perspective, a person who is a liberal. And I can't wait for us to get to get to defining what that yes. means because we've talked about how the words have been commandeered today. And exactly. Me. There are uh, liberals who who are afraid of what is going to be the result of Donald Trump being president. Right. Uh, uh, Donald Trump was once touted himself as a liberal. Mm -hmm. Now he touts himself as a conservative. Right. And um, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Many believe sometimes it's hard to tell where he stands based on, on a given <laughs> yes, day. That's right. Uh, because he he will have uh, say he's a conservative and go way outside of what even some liberals have understood historically it means to be a conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, then he will do something that but but he will say he's being compassionate, but then take a step toward. Um, um, not having any empathy for, say, transgender people. Right. Uh, so um, that that's an area of fear. Uh, some of his, uh, that's one area of fear. An another area of fear is um, for people who, many people who believe as liberals, some liberals do, that um, because, we talked about checks and balances, the way the government has been set up, it is designed to, uh, one of the checks and balances that our government has is the Congress, mm -hmm. is is the House of Senate, mm -hmm. uh, which is a co-equal branch right. to the presidency. Right. Uh, some of the very people who, some of the very conservatives or Republicans who have stood against Trump stand with him with things that they believe, have said that they believe are wrong, and then they stand with him, and then some going out of office, then they acknowledge, okay, well, Hey, I, I didn't really agree with him. So you were hanging on to your seat. So now our checks and balance system is even faulty. Oh my! In areas where he, for, and lastly, yeah. you know, people, and then uh, you know, and then there are times that uh, President Trump has ad, has has admitted to lying, mm -hmm. has has lied, mm -hmm. and then come back later and switch his story for Christian. So so for many so. Part of what creates contention for some conservatives, for, for some liberals, with um, rather emotionally with conservatives, is if, uh, and I hear this said, if President Obama, a liberal, had openly done some of the things Trump has done relative to lies, things like that, it'd be a real problem. And if the people, if the branches of government which are set up to check and balance that do not, then we are subjected to a brand of conservatism, conservatism that frightens, sure. frightens, the, frightens liberals. 
And so I'll flip that around and, and say it from a conservative vantage point, and you're right, I, you know, and maybe in our next segment we should get to defining those terms yeah. for everybody. But from a conservative point of view, I'll, I'll speak to the issue of fear as well. So back in uh, is it February of 2016, I wrote a, a piece at warpandwoof.org entitled Politics. Actually, this uh, essay that I wrote blew up my analytics. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people were reading this thing. And it was, in, it was in anticipation of what I and many people believed would be a Hillary Clinton presidency uh, coming into 2016, November of 2016. Well, I think even Trump believed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, right ahead of the, uh, the election itself, I, w I wrote another piece where I talked about, basically I was talking to myself. And by the way, whenever I'm writing or whenever I'm speaking, I'm basically telling myself, Y'all are just getting to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> but in this case, I was, I was concerned for myself when I was writing about what I thought would be a Clinton presidency. And I knew what a Clinton presidency would bring. And I knew that the certain principles that she believed in that I don't believe in and that I think that she would have forced upon the American scene. But nonetheless, that's, that's an issue of fear that I didn't want to get inv invested in. And what I was saying to people in my writing was this. My responsibility as a Christian is 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Peter 2. I need to respect the people in positions of authority. And I was, re I was readying myself as a conservative for a Hillary Clinton presidency, basically what I was writing about there. I was readying myself for this because I was anticipating that I was not going to agree uh, with baseline ideas that she was bringing to the table, at the same time recognizing that 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor the emperor. So my responsibility as a Christian leader is to say to everybody, specifically those of you who may be conservatives, uh, those of you who might be liberals, uh, Dr. Clyde will speak to, but I'll speak to conservatives. First of all, we should not trumpet fear in any way. The second thing I'll say right on the heels of that is that we shouldn't displace other people's perspectives of fear. We should be concerned that other people are fearful of uh, leaders that they see as potentially dangerous, just as we as conservatives might view other leaders as potentially dangerous. And I think in, in this way, you and I both agree to that particular perspective that we need to tamp down the emotive fearfulness while we stand convictionally on whatever principles we right, want to maintain. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think that, that, I think passion I don't think we should throw passion out the window exactly. or, or, or protest in a right. Protestant country. Exactly. You know, I, I think we should protest if those who want to protest uh, have, have a, a thing to protest that yes. is viable. Yes. Uh, so I don't ever want to downgrade passion. I think, I think protest has done more for our country. I think our country exists fundamentally born from protest. Yes, exactly. So, so I, I believe that. But at the same time, the emotions... That, that are simply venomous or yes. dangerous right? Uh, from the protester, but also from the president. That's right. Because uh, traditionally we have expected a standard of idealism from the president. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 I wrote a, a piece in the Indianapolis Recorder here recently, and, and it, in that piece one of the things that it, it spoke was that I, well, I, was, I was notioning that that Donald Trump seems to be fighting the democracy that made his presidency possible. Mm. 
and 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 it's it's in in many ways in my view it's tarnishing our view people's view of, of America and our policy and our procedure mm-hmm. who the core of who we are mm-hmm. it's 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 tarnishing our um, our reputation mm-hmm. and I said in the article that Ronald Reagan's uh, Shining, shining city on the hill has has been has been tarnished. Mm-hmm. You know, well, lessening of the light. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I, you and I have had this discussion. I want to say this on the air. I don't believe that one country should just to be able to just decide we don't want to be in our country anymore. We're going to go to your country because <laughs> we like it's better, and right. we don't like we don't care about your rules. Right. That's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. But at the same time, we if we're going to be the shining city on the hill. We must remember that all of us are immigrants. We mm. didn't have a country. Isn't that the truth? And so we've got to figure out a way to remain the shining city, to mm-hmm. remain Christian. Yes. Every person that, if you check throughout the scripture, Christ went to foreigners on purpose. Yes. For the purpose of trying to help them feel included mm. in his father's message. Not to mention his own genealogy. Not exactly. His own <laughs> genealogy. He was, he, so we'll deal with that. We have two hours to deal with that. So, 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 and so it's important. I'm, I'm concerned that, um, and I don't want to jump the gun because we got so much to talk about all of our listing. But, but, but though I am liberal, I like debate. Yes, I think Congress is good. I think laws should be debated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I don't think any one person has a lock on your interpretation being the absolute right. best way to uh, apply truth. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I, I, I like debate. The, the, the problem is. Um, when when too much emotion and historical pain mm. gets it, it's hard to keep it out. Mm. Oh, absolutely. It's so, hard to keep it out. And I want to resonate with your wonderful uh, emphasis on passion and protest. I absolutely agree. Uh, our country is built on that. The whole concept of disagreement, uh, civilly, of course, we're concerned civil. with civil disagreement. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's essential to this. And by the way, those of you who are listening, You've heard us actually uh, make mention of names like President Obama, President Trump, Martin Luther King, Ronald Reagan. So we're talking about we're actually making these kinds of connections uh, to things that are important to us. We do need to take another break here, so we're going to take a one-song break. But when we come back, we're going to do what uh, Dr. Clyde and I have been talking about doing, and that is defining our terms. Yeah, so we need to define those terms. Let's take a one-song break. When we come back, you'll be hearing from a liberal Christian and a conservative Christian why we agree, why we disagree. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We have been with you, by the way, for two and a half years, and it's been wonderful. H.B. Uh, Bell, of course, producer of... Uh, Everything here at Radio Next uh, was the initiator of this particular series. But I just wanted to say to everybody, we've been doing this for two and a half years, and now Dr. Clyde Posley uh, graciously joining us here in January of this year as co-host, and it's been a a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity to engage uh, not only with him but the city of Indianapolis. So this morning we're talking about the issue of politics from a Christian vantage point. And we want to make sure that uh, we have established all of those things. I think we did so, at least giving a biblical base for where we're coming from in the first two segments, giving some examples of where we were going with us and so on. But in this particular segment, we want to make sure that everybody understands what we mean by these terms, 
Uh, Dr. Clyde, progressive liberal, myself a perennial conservative. We want to break out those terms. So, Dr. Clyde, why don't you go ahead and take, uh, take the first uh, shot at this and tell everybody why you are what you are defining those terms. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> let me start off by saying I'm, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Democrat because I'm black. Okay. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's important, and yeah. I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. I'm a liberal because I believe that that the fundamental teach the beginning with the fundamental teachings of Scripture, and then evolving, if we can use that word, it's okay. e- evolving in, <laughs> into what in from the First Testament or the Old Testament to the New Testament, in, cre- in an increasing manner, God reveals that liberality was His original goal from the Book of Genesis, hmm. um, in, in the Book of uh, Proverbs chapter 11 uh, in a stanza, beginning of verse 23 the Bible discusses the word uh, liberal saying it's the liberal soul that will be made fat hmm. uh, it's important to, to understand that, that yeah that's the King James transliteration but in, in Hebrew that word means the, the, the bountiful soul hmm. the, the, it literally means to, to one who carries a blessing Okay, and so so the notion there with, with, with being liberal, and I'm just speaking about the word right now, is that we are to be looking for ways to favor people. Mm. And then as you, as you discuss, as you see the word, uh, different uses of the same, uh, not necessarily the same word, but the, but the Greek meaning carried from the, old, the, the Hebrew, mm-hmm. the most consistent words are words that, that, that actually uh, like uh, hapletus, which means favor hmm. or um, grace. Yes. And so what we have then is this notion being fulfilled or the thoughts. The Bible doesn't actually notion anything. It teaches. Hmm. What, what, the, what we have in the New Testament is ultimately a full blossoming of what God's intention was with, you, with, with uh, creating man and how we should relate to other people. Hmm. And it is that we should be looking, <clears throat> our stance should be looking for ways to be favorable, mm. ways to give, mm. ways to put the otherness of people mm-hmm. ahead of myself. Mm. Jesus makes statements uh, speaking to the idea of, of being liberal. He says things in the, uh, in the beatitude like the poor you have with you always. So he's basically saying that poverty is something I expect you disciples, listen to me, to be concerned with always. Mm-hmm. Jesus' behavior points to his his willingness to cons- put the otherness of people first in a liberal type of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, by going to the lady, uh, the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. By intentionally uh, 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 going to people in, in disenfranchised <clears throat> situations. Uh, whether spiritually or not, the, the, the demonic in the fifth chapter of Mark. Mm-hmm. And just all through, throughout scripture, you find him crossing, seeking to cross boundaries where tradition and people who are expressing themselves supposedly religiously have cut themselves off from the ideas. Mm-hmm. So I am a liberal because and I, and I was, and I, I, I didn't, I wasn't taught to be a liberal. I learned mm-hmm. that for me, a liberal approach to politics is is the best expression of my Christianity. Understood, yeah. So uh, since Dr. Clyde started the way he did, let me start the way, uh, uh, kind of uh, tag along <laughs> on that. 
Just because I'm white doesn't mean I'm a conservative. Have to be a conservative, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there are a good number of black conservatives as well, and we can enumerate uh, folks. And, of course, there's a whole bunch of white liberals, too. So, you know, we could go down those lines, but we want to stay away from those kinds of things. Right. What we want to do, though, is to define the term. So let me explain what a conservative is from my vantage point. A conservative uh, believes in perennial ideas. By the word perennial, I mean, well, if you, if you plant flowers, you know what perennials are. Perennials come up every year. A perennial belief means that this is a consistent over time. You can see the same thing coming out of these ideas over and over and over again. A conservative is concerned that we maintain or keep the great ideals and ideas of life. And those ideals and ideas are really rooted in scriptures. Dr. Clyde and I have already suggested. Uh, we've already talked about issues of justice or checks and balances or natural, natural law or ethics, or we could go down the line of all things here. The baseline idea, however, about being a conservative in this particular culture is that I am not antithetic to what uh, Dr. Clyde has talked about concerning liberalism. I actually agree with Dr. Clyde about this particular issue of being broad and generous and beneficent. The difference would be that I believe this ought to come from individuals rather than from a government. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, the issue of my beneficence to other people, for instance, if I own a company, let's take for, for instance, if I own a company, my responsibility as a leader in that company is to take care of my people, and if I have more money given to me, to take care of other people that I see uh, in need. And as an individual, the same thing is true. We've mm -hmm. seen that kind of giving to Comenius of late. You've been inv invested in that as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for that. But this uh, emphasis is that we are doing this from an individual base because we believe that these ideas are crucial. And so from a liberal and a conservative point of view, we truly do care about the beneficence of all people. Right. Now, see, here, here's where, here, here, now here's a good example of where liberalism and conservatism, uh, I don't know if I want to say part, but they, but they stand together. I don't even want to know if I want to say antithetical, but they, but they, but they disagree. Yes. Uh, it, government, from my perspective, I believe mm -hmm. Scripture teaches government is of God, mm -hmm. Absolutely. and so the same principle responsibilities placed on the individual mm -hmm. is placed on government. Mm. Because see, when God, in my mind, when God looks that looks down at the earth, so to speak from heaven he 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 does not see government he sees the church sure absolutely and so if though if 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 the church is a part of government mm -hmm. then they are to do they are to do christian things that's right biblical things right and so nothing nothing should happen uh if 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 there is a sage person a christian person in the white house in the senate mm -hmm. in 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 the, in whether um U.S. Congress or local Congress or whatever the case, if they if they're saying that they are a Christian, mm -hmm. they should be seeking to carry out, like you said earlier, looking for how my behavior can reconcile people to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if if I if I engage, and, and so I'm not against capitalism, right. but but as as a liberal, right? But I feel that if capitalism does not help me carry out my Christianity based on scripture, mm -hmm. then I am working antithetical to the whole concept. 
Right. Now you take um, in, in, in many liberal uh, many opinions about liberals is that they believe that government should take care of the problems of people. Yes. But see, the problem is that the problems that people have are the same problem that people in government have. Right. Right. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and so uh, everything that God gives us is for all of us. Mm. That's how I see it. Okay. If 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 I ha- I have four children, mm-hmm. my wealth was designed to meet all of their needs. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't feel that I have the right to pick and choose which of my four children should right. be beneficiaries of. Uh, I, I have I, I have policies now, and they're all left equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain certain. Financial things, financial things, things. Yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think I think that um, whether it be welfare or uh, uh, Medicare or uh, just just the certain uh, desserts uh, that that we have, if uh, uh, Rawls wrote back in the late nineties that if justice is not fairness, then it's not justice at all. Sure. And so every person, I think every person is entitled to all of what the government has. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a responsibility of a Christian nation's government, of a Christian nation's government, to make sure that everybody in society, to the best of government's ability, prospers equally mm-hmm. from the prosperity of this nation. Understood. And I would fully agree with the concept that uh, government is certainly instituted by God, given to us uh, in Genesis chapter 9. This is essential and, and huge for us. Uh, once again, because people are probably wondering how we disagree, uh, one of the disagreements in Methods, that... Methods, how it's passed down. How it's, me- right. how it's passed down. Right. Um, one, of the, one of the other issues that we might want to contend with, though, <clears throat> whether or not we want to get into the deep weeds here of this, uh, but the question of um, what does government have? Government only has what we give it. That is that government is literally in our back pocket right now. The government cannot function unless it functions with our money. So from a conservative point of view, conservatives are concerned that more and more laws that require more and more monies from people uh, are not uh, giving the responsibility to the individual, but instead trying to take that responsibility away from the individual and put it into what people now consider to be the largesse of government. The problem that conservatives have with this is that we do not see that as equitable. We don't see that as, as beneficial to all people because we see that uh, individuals are being uh, inundated with tax structures and more and more taxes that they have to pay in whatever directions to pay for things that they don't necessarily agree with. We could talk about what I, does I, he- I, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. The, 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 the thing is that there are fringes. There are people who are left out left out uh, as a result of trying to maintain uh trying to implement that practice right and 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 something has to be done with the least of these that's right you know uh if 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 if, if we want those protections let me say it like this um if if I am a conservative and my number one task is to protect my freedoms then, then I have to decide, ask myself, what am I protecting my freedoms from? Right. And if in my mind, the danger to my freedoms is how much I make available to other people. That's right. That's, 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 we have to be careful. That, that's very huge. And so you know. 
we don't want to, to, to think just about the issue of protecting our freedoms from, but to your point, we also want to protect our freedoms for, so that we anticipate and another you don't hear generation. Much about that. Exactly. Right. And this is where, uh, once again, Dr. Clyde and I are fully agree yeah. with this, that we believe we've been given this great, uh, wondrous nation. We've, we've been given great peace and prosperity in this nation, and we believe that it's our responsibility to conserve mm -hmm. broadly in a liberal sense to give to the next generation what we have inherited. Mm -hmm. We've inherited these titanic freedoms, mm -hmm. and these freedoms have been given to us, and we want to make sure that we preserve them. So there's the conservative view of preserving things, but then to broaden that to as many people as possible. And we, of course, want to do that. Even the show demonstrates this by bringing in church people. Right. who are doing the work of Acts chapter 4, 32 to 37, that they shared what they owned or right. had, their prosperity, with other people. Right. I, I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. And, and I believe you. But here's the problem. And there is a brand, and I, I believe you would it, 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 it agree with this, there's a brand of conservatism today that is, that is from its core, not seeking inclusion. Oh, absolutely! I think that goes both ways, of course. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, 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 you know, we, we, we see to to make all better, all need the same access to education. Absolutely, all need the same access to health care. Right, all need the same equal protections under the law. Mm -hmm. All need the same uh, 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 opportunities for justice. Yes, un under the law. Yes. There is a brand of conservatism, and and unfortunately, as well as uh, in in some liberal circles, that has become so extreme. Yes, that the focus is only on keeping what we have, exactly. and not believing that giving will cause God to to raise all ships at the same time. That's right. Second Corinthians chapter nine says, "Give, mm -hmm. open up, and it shall be given unto you." That passage goes on to say, "And God is able to make all grace." Mm abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, abound. Mm. I am for protecting religious freedoms, for example. Yes. But but not at the expense of saying that if a person's religious concept doesn't agree with me, kill them. Oh, my word, no. Absolutely. You know, I, we've, 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 once again, we're in agreement. Yes. Yeah, so, so then, then as a liberal, I have to, with liberal, and I want to say this, get this definition in too as, 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 we, as we discuss this. Uh, one, one. If you look at the textbook definition of liberal, it is uh, one whose political views opens opens he, he or she up to the ideas of more ideas of innovation mm. and more ideas of open mindedness. Progressive. Progressive. Yes. You know. Mm -hmm. Now, th there are limits. Dr. Martin Luther King said he 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 is. And I can't remember where this is quoted, but I'll get it for you. He said, Dr. King said, "I am such a liberal." that I almost fell prey to all of the ideals mm -hmm. of, of liberalism without rem without remembering that my morality guides all that I do. Mm -hmm. There it and is. So what, I, what I'm saying, uh, uh, Dr. Eccles, is that while I'm a liberal, I don't get off into crazy ideas like I need to throw blood on someone who's wearing a mink coat. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's ridiculous. Yes. I, I don't think we should put more money into the polar ice caps than we do homeless people. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. That, 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 these type of extremes. Exactly. So, so I'm a liberal, but I'm not a nutcase. <laughs>
<laughs> you heard it here first, folks, <laughs> Dr. Clyde. All right, we're going to be taking a break here. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's just take another one-song break this time. Uh, we'll take a couple more of these throughout uh, the morning, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we do need, need to take a break. Give our listeners uh, a, a pause here just for a moment. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to be uh, discussing further some more examples of what we mean when we talk about the differences between what it means to be a liberal and a conservative, just hearkening to Dr. Clyde's good points, going back to Deuteronomy, one of the things that we know, for instance, that God has established, to Dr. Clyde's point, is that uh, earning wealth is something that God has established in his world. Deuteronomy 15 speaks to this. Right. Here are people that are rich, and God says to them, don't be tight-fisted to right. your brothers, but be open-handed. And to the Can, stranger. And to the stranger. Can we be conservative? That is preserving the great ideas as well as being liberal, open broadly to many different people. I think both of us answer to that, yes. Yeah. And so we're going to take a one-song break. We'll be right back. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv, at the Cool Groove site. So those of you who are watching us, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, uh, once again, welcome uh, back to the podcast, uh, though you've actually been uh, watching us the whole time. And we have this conversation that's going on off air, uh, which those in the radio don't get to hear, and you'll be able to pick up later on, perhaps uh, through watching this podcast. But one of the things we wanted to say at the top of this particular hour is that Dr. Clyde and I would be really interested in taking uh, this kind of conversation that we're having right now uh, to your churches, to your universities, to your groups, let's say, community centers. You know, maybe you want to bring two groups, a conservative and a progressive liberal group together and have a conversation where the two of us are sitting in front of people having this conversation and then take questions from the audience, whatever that might be. Uh, I, we were reflecting on this, Dr. Clyde and I uh, were a uh, few weeks back when we were talking about this great relationship between Robert P. George, a white Princeton uh, grad prof, and Colonel West, who also taught at Princeton, a progressive liberal, uh, perennial conservative, and they actually go around to college campuses mm-hmm. having these kinds of discussions. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I don't see any reason why we couldn't do it. Right. Uh, you know, because one of the things Dr. Eccles and I would like to get over to people is that that the six, that conversation is at the centerpiece of any true progress. Mm. If you look historically, uh, the philosophers, if you look at government, the, our Constitution was born out of a debate. Yes. And, yeah. and, and Contentious and at it, times. It, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, that, and, that, and that's all right. You know, you you can. The Bible says in in uh, Ephesians chapter four that you can be angry, and sin not. You know, and I and and no one approach. Our, our country has not been able to stand over the years because of Repu- uh, Republicans or because of Democrats alone. We have not simply had Republican presidents. We have not simply had Democratic presidents. I think to everything there's a season. Yes. And I think uh, to get us back to the middle sometimes is necessary uh, um, uh, to have a person with different views. And, and, and truthfully, a great president, in my view, great legislators, great senators, uh, in my view, are more moderate than extreme. Yes. You know, exactly. you have to reach across the aisle. Right. Because the bottom line is people have needs. And people mm-hmm. people's needs aren't always met out of your extreme views. Right. Yes. They, 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 you have to come to the middle and have <clears> a 
and, and have a meeting of the mind. One of the things that we know for sure that has te- taken place in uh, the past is, for instance, let's uh, name some names here again. Uh, after the two terms of George W. Bush, of course, uh, we had uh, the two terms of President Obama. And really, people were tired of wars. Uh, they were tired of combat, military uh, exploits, those kinds of things. And by the way, whatever you believe about that isn't really the issue. What we're talking about here is that uh, when people, people in this country get a chance to choose to go in a different direction, which is exactly what happened when President Obama became president. So we had a change of directions. Well, what happened in 2010? There was another huge uh, tidal wave of change. And in 2010, uh, the Democrats, for instance, in Congress lost 65 seats. And even President Obama called it a shellacking. I always smiled at that word, you know. So uh, the American people, if given opportunity to speak to issues that uh, really are concerns for us, actually have this wonderful platform uh, of of voting. We can right. vote people in right. and out. How about that? Right, absolutely. If, if we go do it. Yeah, that would be a concern, yeah. wouldn't it, right? If we go do it. Yeah. So, And this goes, by the way, both ways. This isn't just, uh, you know, we really haven't talked too much about Republican Democrat here. We really want to talk more about conservative and liberal because they, they maintain more of an idea base, more of an ideal. Right. And I think that this is what we're concerned about coming out of Scripture. Now, during our off-air comments, uh, Dr. Clyde, we had mentioned that the necessity of not getting caught up in just the political discussions uh, that that we've really kind of uh, just kind of landed on a political concern rather than a theological concern in culture and in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, let's expand on that a little bit for everybody. Yeah, if, if, if we're Christians, we, we should be Christians first, not Democratic or Republican, mm-hmm. not conservative or liberal. I am expressing how I, uh, my Christianity, and and part of what's wrong in 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 this emotive season of of conjecture and violent rhetoric, mm. uh, wherever it comes from, is that I, I don't think there's enough emphasis being placed on the fact that that we should be trying to live out our Christianity if we're Christians, mm-hmm. just in, in the same way a Muslim is trying to live out the, the, the Muslim thoughts or or whoever. Uh, but but the truth of the matter is we we, we are so caught up in trying to make, uh, as a culture, as a nation, not as a culture, but as a society, we seem so caught up in trying to prove how, di- how our disdain for the other political persuasion that we're, we're forgetting to practice the internal beliefs of Christianity. And, and, and because we're a Christian nation, whether, whether immigrants come in or not, or Muslims come in or not, America is a Christian nation, and the document that holds us together uh, the United States uh, Constitution is supposed to be founded on Christian principles, mm-hmm. and uh, we're supposed to be one nation under God. We we are not going to make the kind of progress toward unity that we need to just from a political party. Right, not going to happen. And this is our concern today. Of course, uh, for those of you listening, for those of you watching us, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, uh, we're concerned that. Um, our political views are trumping our biblical views as Christians, and we're trying to say to uh, those who might be on whatever side, uh, perennial conservatives or progressive liberals, uh, that we need to come together and have more of this debate uh, that was uh, taking place certainly at the beginning of our nation and ought to be the kind of thing that's happening on a regular basis uh, today. So let's talk uh, 
take this a little bit further and get to some of the questions that we've uh, decided to uh, be concerned ourselves with. Uh, we had talked a moment ago about the distinctiveness between uh, liberals and conservatives as being one of approach. So let's talk about that for a minute and, uh, and have a conversation about approaches. Uh, how do you see uh, liberals and conservatives differing in terms of approach? Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, you know, I, I, I just, in my mind, one difference is the, who the priority is, what the priority is. Um, uh, historically, in my understanding, what I've seen practiced and what I see practiced now, you know, is a, a broadening of the, uh, the separation between the races uh, uh, by rhetoric. Um, you know, traditionally liberals seek to bring, make, make equality for every person, even if we disagree with their religious views. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's, that, that's not an easy thing to do. No. You know, I, I recognize that. For example, um, I believe the Bible. I believe that, that homosexuality is a sin. I don't believe that a man and a woman should get married. A, a man and a man and a woman and a woman should get married. I don't. I, I believe the Bible says they should not. Mm. The boundaries of my Christianity are set based on Scripture. Mm -hmm. I do believe if they have the right to choose to get married, if that's what they want, I'm not going to do it. But I believe that they have the right to make that choice because God gives them the ability to make that choice. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I can't. I cannot. Again, here's a great example of being a Christian who's a liberal. I believe the Bible, but at the same time, I'm not going to fight a person's right to do that if that's what they choose to do. But where I am, we practice the Bible, mm -hmm. and so just as they have the right to choose to do that, don't mess with my right to choose mm. to stick with Scripture. One of the things that I would love to have that's behind us uh, it, at this point is a whiteboard. And on this whiteboard, I, I draw two concentric circles. Uh, the inner circle would be the circle of the church. We've been talking about church issues all the way through this program since the inception of our program and talking about how when uh, the Lord looks at, at the earth and his relationship with his people, he's looking at the church. Mm -hmm. So what we believe in our churches is crucial to uh, who we are. But we do not impose our beliefs within a church, you mentioned homosexuality, we could talk about transgenderism, whatever, we're not imposing that on the culture, which is the second concentric circle on the outside. The problem, of course, is for the church, I'm saying now, the problem for the church is that we've allowed the culture to influence the inner circle instead of the other way around. And so instead of the church influencing the culture, the culture has a tendency to, to much more influence the church. Yeah. That, yeah, and 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 that and, and that is true, you know. You know, as I was saying earlier, my number one job is to be a Christian, and that to me that means to love every person I get the opportunity mm -hmm. to love. Now, the same person that I think is uh, uh, who is practicing homosexuality and thus living in sin, I think 
I also have an absolute responsibility to love them at the same pace and passion. That's right. That I love you sitting here next to me. That's right. There are there and and in, in, in my church, there are people who have who have had that issue. We, it's not my job to exclude them. It's my job to try to include them in my love march. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, as a, as a liberal, see that that's that's one of the places we talked about methods. Mm-hmm. That's one that's and, and to me, not just I'm not I don't want to stay on homosexuality, but whether it be adultery or whether it be drunkenness or whether it be uh, lying or whatever the case, mm-hmm. it's my job to make sure that I am expressing a brand of love that is inclusive to all people. That's right. Because when Christ died for us, we were some of everything. Right. Our concern, of course, uh, overall is the issue of love and making sure that right. uh, people are included uh, within... And feel that love. And feel that love within not only our individual relationships with them, but, of course, within the church. Uh, we're going to take another uh, one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about Christians and politics from a progressive liberal perspective and a perennial conservative perspective. And when we come back, we'll continue that conversation. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You are here with Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel, and we are discussing a very important issue here today, which has to do with politics. We've kind of uh, bounced around to different things, but we've also tried to give a biblical base for where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a Christian show, so our concern, of course, is that we uh, maintain a Christian view of life and things. We've established that. For those of you who might miss the first hour, we've already gone through some of those kinds of ideas. Uh, we've also defined terms, what we mean by liberal and conservative and progressive and perennial. So we've taken care of some of those things. You can go back and listen to some of this uh, again on the podcast if you're so inclined. But right now, what we wanted to do is talk about the issue of justice. Off air, we were discussing uh, judicial appointments and uh, the Supreme Court and so on. Uh, one of the things I'll just start off start us off here in this particular segment by talking about the Hebrew in the First Testament. Uh, one of the things uh, that we see over and over again are two Hebrew words that are really linked together. Uh, uh, those words are mishpat and zedek, which mean justice and righteousness. And you often see them together in First Testament, Old Testament teaching. The reason why I bring them up is because whenever you talk about justice, you have to ask yourself the question, okay, what's the standard for justice? So when people ask, cry out, I want justice, I'm going to say, based on what yeah. justice or what standard are you going to say? And what do you mean when you say justice? That's right. You know. Um, there are many who, you know, have marched over the years, and and I've marched and and uh, fighting racism and subjugation and racial oppression, uh, screaming for justice, using terms like no justice, no peace, and I'm absolutely with those. I I, I absolutely am in agreement with them. I'm a I'm a social activist, you know, myself. But one of the things that bothers me is when people who fight the Bible and fight scripture, uh, scream about justice and talk about how it should be applied. From what epistemological source <laughs> do you get your information about justice? Yes. Because no one should be mistreated. Right. And, and this is not to say that because a person cannot quote scripture that they should not talk about justice. I'm simply saying if the, the, it would help your argument help all of our arguments to bring justice 
if if we understand that we can't throw out the originator of justice and then cry justice. You can't say there's no God and then talk about justice. Because where do you get the notions of justice from if you mm-hmm. if there's no God? Right. Or how do you explain what justice should look like? As Martin Luther King talked about, as he quoted, uh, I think it was Hosea, uh, let justice run down like a river and righteousness like a mighty stream. I think I may have misquoted that, but that you get the idea. Uh, you know, he, he's basing that on scripture. Dr. King's approach, for example, to justice and fighting inequality, uh, uh, inequality was always based on scripture. Mm-hmm. His nonviolent approach. Kingian theology was based on scripture. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we have trouble really getting, um, making real headways into, uh, as, as liberals, making uh, real headway against injustice, subjugation, and institutional racism because it's not based on fundamental truths of what justice should require. Right. So let me flip that around and, and talk about uh, what, some might, in a, cons- in a conservative circle, uh, call a conservative issue. So uh, just recently in the last Supreme Court session, uh, they came, uh, the Supreme Court uh, came down in favor of the baker, for instance, mm-hmm. who was um, uh, sued by a couple uh, who wanted to this baker to bake a cake. Uh, this is a homosexual couple. Now, uh, people, people have asked me, well, what do you think about that decision? And I'll, I say to them two things. I absolutely agree with the decision that um, people, people should not be, uh, have their freedoms infringed or imposed upon by other people. That's what makes me a libertarian in that sense of things. But I also will say that the baker was absolutely wrong to not bake the cake. Now, some of my conservative friends who are listening to this right now are going to say, I can't believe you just said that. But let me say that again. My responsibility is to love people. And if my responsibility is to love people, then that means, you know, does baking a cake make a big deal of difference? No. I'll support you when uh, government infringes upon your rights. But if you're a Christian, then I'm going to say to you, you need to demonstrate love. Absolutely. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. What is the priority? Is it my political persuasion? Is my is is it my is it my conservative or liberal liberal values expressed? Or if I'm a Christian, what is my priority? Mm-hmm. What and and what was the priority? I don't we don't know this. What was the priority of the baker? Mm-hmm. Was he trying to show the love of Christ? Because if he was baking that cake, would have said more about absolutely would express Jesus. Yes. What we remember now is him. That's right. And I don't know if he's a Christian or not, you know, but I, but but what I do know is we have to um, love people. And, and real love is used best on the ones we don't think deserve it. Oh, my. There it is, right? Isn't that the whole point? That's real love. That's that God so loved the, wor- the trifling, yeah. sin-filled, on-its-way-to-hell world yeah, this is, that he gave his only begotten son. This is the uh, parable of Jesus. Uh, when he says, you know, it's one thing to love people that love you. It's a whole different thing right. to love people that don't love you. Exactly. That, that's exactly. the real issue. Exactly. And that's that's when we find love is designed for people who who don't love us. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to love you. Yeah. It's easy for you, uh, you know, us to love our loved ones, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we, partly because they love. And there's even a brand of Christianity, if we're not careful, 
that will only love God because of how they think he loves them. That's right. And, and that sounds good to some mm -hmm. people, but it's really wrong yes. because he's not a vending machine. Because the moment your change gets stuck in that vending machine of sorts and he's not giving you what you want, oh. do you still love him? Oh, my. So that's, oh. that's another subject. I love that. You know, God's not a vending machine. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, I, right. I, I, that's a big deal. It you is. Know, uh, but but get, getting, getting, getting back, our love, that baker, we, we, as, we as Christians often don't we, we miss opportunities to, to love people and give them the type of justice that some of them have never experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if we have a brand of righteousness, Dr. Echoes, that does not pursue justice for all, it's not righteousness that comes from God. That's right. It needs to be justice for all. We were talking about the judicial system a moment ago. And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with this um, uh, issue, we're basic, basing all of our concepts coming out of places like Isaiah 58 and 59. And so we're always concerned about fairness and equity. Uh, we're always concerned that, that goodness be given to all people and that evil be punished, by the way. And this, of course, to Dr. Clyde's point, is that there nece of necessity has to be a transcendent source. So his word epistemology, where does our knowledge come from? Where, where is the source of what we say is true or good or righteous? Uh, this is an important uh, connection here to ju judicial politics. Um, when we talk about the judicial system, uh, we want to make sure that uh, we want to say a word or two about this as well. I think off air um, I was discussing this with you, Dr. Clyde, uh, talking about uh, how I might disagree with uh, Justice Kagan or Justice Sotomayor or Justice Ginsburg. Uh, Bader Ginsburg um, because they come at the Constitution as a living, breathing document, whereas I believe in the original meaning of this uh, where other conservative justices go in that direction. Um, but we also said that we need the Sotomayors and the Kagans and the Bader Ginsburgs and the Gorsuches and the uh, Alitos and um, all of the rest of the justices so that there can be a debate about these very important issues. Right. And that, I think, is something that we forget. We have a tendency to line up on one side or the other instead of saying, hey, have you actually read the assents and dissents uh, coming down in any particular judicial decision, I think those are important ideas. Yes, the, the, the debate debate is necessary. Um, and, I, and, and this philosopher, um, Jewish a historian that I, I wanted to quote, but he, he explains extensive in his, extensively in his writings that there was debate among the disciples. Uh, John and Peter basically did not get along. They had various varying views, but uh, um, of, of dissension toward each other, though they agreed about Christ. Yes, Josephus, Josephus is who I was thinking okay. of. And um, but but look at what God did. The very first miracle of the birthed church, mm -hmm. God arranged to be performed by Peter mm -hmm. and John, John yes. intentionally. Mm -hmm. I think debate is necessary. I, I don't. I don't know that we need to call it conservative or liberalism, right? But 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 I think we need ideals need to be need to bounce against each other, and we mm -hmm. learn from each other, right? It's 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 okay uh, uh, to have a different view. What's best for the world? What's best for people? One of my concerns um, relative to to to, to debate, um, people I've debated with. Uh, relative to how uh, 
President Trump approached this, this immigration issue, it, it, my stance was you cannot say that as a conservative view you are pro-family and then be willing to do anything from your perspective right. that, tears, that tears family apart. Right. Now, if you come here and you know that you're coming illegal and it rips a family apart, you can't blame that necessarily on right. President Trump. But at the same time, you can't. It's like it, we can't implement anything that goes against what we if we're going to stick with the bounds of a Christian biblical view. Right. And so, uh, but that's debatable. Yes, it is. So, so that's why before we make any big decisions or think, do things we need to do, let's debate. Right. Let's send it to Congress. Right. Let's 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 for lack of a better term right this second, let's fight it out. Intellectually. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know, and then and then and then not this side of the house but the House of Senate, you know, that's that's part of my concern. That's one of my also one of my concerns about executive orders. It gives too much it uses it allows too much power. Yes. It it it's kinda antithetical to the system that we have. Exactly right. You know, and this is uh, you know, we talk about executive orders. By the way, every president uses them. So it's not yeah. as if yeah, it's, it's not, not as, it's not just a Democrat, Republican, right. conservative, liberal right. issue here. So that's a whole discussion point by itself. Uh but nonetheless we bear responsibility for this good debate that, that ought to be happening. One of the other struggles I think that we have in this country as as we've grown and frankly as government has grown is that while we may elect different leaders, bureaucrats remain the same. So, sure. for instance, you know, you might have somebody that's serving in FEMA, for instance, or uh, in the healthcare field, or uh, in some judicial uh, offices, someplace that really are the ones who are managing laws. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, Congress is kind of giving its giving the laws over to somebody else to create. That by its, that's a whole nother. That's maybe a, we should just yeah, have a yeah, whole show on I that. You won't go there, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a different show. It is. So uh, when we talk about the judicial system, this is a really important issue for us. Let's uh, go to uh, some of the other questions that we've had created for ourselves. Let's talk about where we obtain our information that forms our perspectives. I think this is going to be another contentious issue for both sides. By the way, liberals and conservatives. So. Let's talk about this. Where where do we, you and I, let's talk about this so that people hear us saying it. Where do you and I get our information from? Our scripture. You know, we, we while we, we all have experiences and there is an intersectionality between our experiences, uh, what seems and, and what seems to be what work in the world and what people desire of us. But for me, uh, and this is an evolving process, I want to know what the Bible says should be done first. Yes, absolutely. So, so scripture source, first. Scripture first. There's a great preacher. He's deceased now. His name is Manuel Scott. And um, uh, Pastor Jeffrey Johnson was talking and I, uh, talking to me years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And I was asking him some advice about something. And he said, um, he said, Manuel Scott told him, you know, here's the best way to move forward relative to ch churches and people. Find out what's right mm. and do that. Find out what's right and you know, do that. Find out what's right and do that. Yeah, that's right. And so I think one one of the problems is where we get our right from today mm -hmm. is so fluid. Yes. It's so, you know, just it's just, it, it, no. For me, my source is not, of of move is not going to be my experience first. So experience, in my mind, is not the best teacher. Right. It is a teacher. You should yes. learn from it. Sure. But but 
even when I don't, uh, watch this now, even when I don't like what God is saying, I believe him. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, something else kind of pops in my mind as I hear you talking about these things. Uh, when I've been in your office and we've had discussions hours on end sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> which have been really wonderful, by the way. Absolutely. Um, you have a, a big television in your I office. Do. Tell people about that and why it is important for you to get your information and what, what sources of information you're getting it from. I, I, all sources. Okay. I, you know, the, the Bible says uh, in Matthew chapter 28, uh, Jesus told his disciples to go into the world and teach, among other things, teach men to observe all things. Mm -hmm. So I watch um, uh, news outlets, uh, including I watch CNN, I watch MSNBC, I watch Fox, I listen to uh, 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 talk radio. I make it my business to listen to views I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. uh, I make it my business to listen to views I do agree with. I, I listen, I listen, I pay attention to to, to all things, but it, it's going to crack you up. But I also make sure I watch Bonanza and the Big Valley, too. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because there, there's some principles. Matt Dillon has some principles that he worked in the previous, you know. So oh, kudos Bonanza. to the writers. Who, who knew? Smart. Who knew that Bonanza was going to come out here this to learn, man. Ben Cartwright was the man. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue. To, I'm going to keep laughing. Uh, People listening, they're, they're cracking up to they're it. They're cracking know, I'm up serious. to it. You cannot funny. talk to me while these shows are on. Oh, my Because I'm learning principles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to try and contain myself here. So so for me, I'll, I'll come at this from my vantage point. I, I want people to know, and I'm, I'm really glad to hear what Dr. Posley says about this because you know, I've seen him in action. I've seen him in, at CNN. I've seen him at Fox News. I, I see him and hear him engaging different points of view. Um, I'm, you know, my issue with the television uh, in an office, that's a great thing. I think you can learn a lot. In my case, what I do is I do an awful lot of online reading. So for those of you listening or watching, uh, I go to New York Times and Washington Post first thing when I, uh, to get the news sources. I go to NPR. And I know going in that oftentimes those are uh, voices that I may disagree with uh, because they're coming from a different vantage point. Again, for those of you who haven't heard the whole program, mm -hmm. uh, we've been talking about uh, the differences between liberal and conservative. So uh, New York Times, WAPO, and uh, places like Slate or, uh, Salon, uh, Slate or Salon or others come at these things from a liberal point of view. And then after I do New York Times, Washington Post, and so on, I normally go to places like um, uh, Was uh, I'm sorry, Washington Times, which is a conservative outlet in Washington, the also Weekly Standard, uh, to get a more of a conservative vantage point. I do that intentionally for the same reason Dr. Posley just said. I want to hear different points of view, and I especially want to hear people that disagree with me uh, because I want to hear what other people believe. I think that's crucial. Uh, so often we spend so much of our time just thinking and listening to people that agree with us. We only read their books or listen to their articles or their news broadcasts or whatever the case might be. And this is where the whole, the whole concept of being liberal, broad-minded, comes into play mm -hmm. and the necessity of how important that is for us. Right. I, you know, I, I think uh, like, like the Bible speaks about in, uh, in, in the multitude of counselors, 
uh, we made aware uh, should our knowledge grow yes you know and I, I do embrace um, I, I, I love the writings of Eugene uh, uh, the, the Washington Post the New York Times I, I uh, you know uh, NPR I, I, I believe um, I, I make sure that, that I try to read at least an article a day and uh, something on- online too two articles a day, something I disagree with and something I agree with. Why is that? Be- because it's, one, I'm a writer. It's important mm-hmm. for me to, you know, to hear perspectives and, and watch people's approach. But but also, um, I, I liked the, the books I read. Um, I'm trying to get uh, beyond just reading for research and biblical research. But I, I like to read uh, books that that really explain a stance, and it, and that's not easy mm-hmm. to find. Right. Often, people are more interested in selling the book instead yeah. of defending defending what your stance is. You know, years ago, in my opinion, you know, books were stances. Mm-hmm. They, they, this is this the author was putting this out necessarily, you know, because he wanted to set forth his view. But um, it's hard because a, a lot of and even a lot of the media today is so slanted toward its view that that you have to. You have to take it with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you know, there there is some a lot mostly fair reporting, but we have to we have to be careful of where we get any of our information from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, the, where we get our information from. The source of news is going to be a big issue for us, and that that probably is another whole show. Yeah. We should uh, deal with those kinds of things. Let's talk about here as we we're moving toward a wrap up time in the next five to seven Ooh. minutes. I know this has gone fast, hasn't it? Um, in the last five to seven minutes, let's talk about the issue of how do we treat those who disagree with our positions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we treat those people that disagree with our positions? Really, probably a good way to end this uh, show here today because uh, we are coming at things, our approaches as liberals and conservatives are different, but now how do we treat each other in light of that? I don't think about <laughs> I really, I, I really don't, man. I, I when when I think of you, you know, when I, when I'm writing, well, let, let me start specifically with your answer. I, I don't see you when I think of you. I don't think that's my conservative friend. Right. Exactly. I really don't. And I, and you know, I'm, I'm very serious. People listening, no, I'm not. I'm not playing. I don't view you as that. I view you as an intellectual, mm-hmm. and not a white intellectual, mm-hmm. but just an intellectual, an individual. Who and I've said this to you privately, so I can say it publicly. Whose thinking process I respect. Mm. I don't. I don't. And, and we we just use the term disagree in here because we're trying to make a point with here. We don't really disagree about much. Yes. Because our big goal is people. Right. And I've seen you in action deal with people. The compassion that you have when someone has been wrong. Mm-hmm. When when someone is has been proven to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. And, and 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 so you know I don't I don't think of you in, in those terms, uh, so we we don't have we, we may not be the best example because we have learned and are learning every day how to have our views and go about the business of mm-hmm. respectfully going about you know our business right right but uh, I think uh, something we could look at is how should people treat how should our listeners treat people with whom they disagree right you know they if they go to uh, the um, Waffle House or the Perkins or whatever, mm. and get into a conversation with someone. Do you know how to listen? Oh, oh, there's a question. Do, do, do you? Are you willing to hear a view? Because truthfully, 
you know, uh, faith comes by hearing. And sometimes we will learn more if we will give an opportunity mm -hmm. for someone, for God to pour into us through someone else and not be arrogantly, just, just arrogant in the conversation. Um, but we have to, we have to learn, we have to understand whoever you run across is your brother who, or sister, and they come with some experiences mm -hmm. that you can learn from. Mm -hmm. I heard, I know you, uh, you said your mom is, uh, has a group of people listening, you know, I hope they have a discussion afterwards mm. and the people, I have some people listening today. I hope they have a discussion afterwards so that they can ask themselves, do we listen to other people mm. or do we only surround ourselves with people who think like us? Yes. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. This is uh, one of the things that uh, Dr. Posley and I talk about on a regular basis that we really don't disagree on much. It's the approach that we take uh, to this. Absolutely. But, but then how do we, how do we disagree agreeably with other people? Um, and I think this is where the, the struggle, I think, on social media is. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. put this out there for everybody to hear. I'll say it a couple times so that you all hear me say this. When I post on social media, I am always asking myself this question. What do you want to be known for? I'm going to say that again. On social media, when I post... You can hold my feet to the fire on this. I'm going to ask myself the question, what do I, Mark Eckel, want to be known for? I do not want to be known for a contentious, combative, throwing about memes to uh, combat other people's memes on social media. That You won't see that on my page. You will see me very infrequently uh, speak to issues of politics, specific politics. Uh, what you will see is my agreement or disagreement with great ideas, uh, those that uh, might be antithetic to those I hold or those that I agree with. So you can always come to my social media sites to see those kinds of things. And I have a tendency to stay away from political issues, uh, and that's simply because, uh, you know, of my position here in Indianapolis, I want to make sure to sure. Uh, be wise in, in casting the wide net there in that, as that, re uh, in that respect. Dr. Clyde, we've only got uh, two minutes left here before we need to close out the show. From your perspective in a minute, how would you like everybody to uh, hear what you have to say being a progressive liberal Christian? I, I, two things very quickly. One, I'd like for people to know mm -hmm. that you can be liberal and a Christian. You, 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 can, you can hold views that uh, they run antithetical to conservative views, but you can disagree with re the Republican Party or you can disagree with Donald Trump without being vicious, uh, attacking, but you need to be sound. You need to have mm -hmm. a place from which your thoughts and views come from so you can back yourself up mm -hmm. and have God back you up with your views. For me, that's the Bible. Mm -hmm. The next thing, the, the next way we can get this out is to make it's invite us to your church. Oh. Invite us to your community center. Invite us into a forum where we can have this conversation. Mark and I are not going. We're not going to come and argue. There's not going to be anything said from the floor or up there that's going to make us argue. But the conversations have to happen if there's going to be changes that bring people together. Mm. And there it is. I think from my vantage point, uh, to yes, you can be a perennial conservative and be a Christian just as much as you can be a progressive liberal Absolutely. and be a Christian. This is uh, an important issue for me as I listen to my brother talk because uh, my concern is always uh, to demonstrate love to other people, uh, no matter what they might believe, uh, what I might believe about what they believe. That doesn't really matter. 
what really matters is that we demonstrate the love of Christ to all people. And, and for both uh, Dr. Posley and I, uh, we come to that same conclusion. Uh, and this is really powerful and important for us. We're going to continue to have these kinds of conversations. We'll have those uh, options here in the, in the future to uh, engage as well. Uh, next week, just to let everybody know, uh, Dr. Clyde is going to take the show. I'm, I've got uh, some responsibilities about, at IUPUI next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dr. Clyde will be here with a guest and uh, discussing some great and important ideas. Uh, thanks again, uh, Dr. Posley, for my your... My privilege, your, my man. Yeah, it's a my wonder. Privilege. Great show. It's a wonder to be together with you, and I'm really grateful to call you my brother and my Bless friend. Bless you, man. I feel the same way. We uh, are coming to you from 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center. You can find us there, walk by our window, wave at us, or as you've been doing here on Facebook Live, waving at us, and I'll try to do a better job in the future of waving back. Thank you for staying with us. And those of you on YouTube Live, if you're going to catch us live or later on in the podcast, we're grateful for your uh, indulgence with us as well. Those of you on the radio, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. We'll be back again next week. Dr. Clyde will be. And until then, we'll see you. All right. God bless you.